0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hustle and Grind podcast. We know that you missed us. We took a week off. We had a little bit of technical difficulties last week and uh, tried to reschedule and then realized that it was kind of too late for that, so we just took us a break. So everybody needs a break every now and then, but we're back. We're back again and we got Darren from Stormlight Forge with us this week, the screwdriver king of Texas. And as always, I'm Jason and Ryan's here, all that good shit. But, uh, yeah, a week off, man, it was weird, right? It was. It threw my schedule off. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Uh, Since we took off last week, I just want to start out this week and say an extra thanks to our sponsors for the show. Phoenix Abrasives, uh, Lawrence over at Maritime Knife Supply, and Richard at Beck's Armory. We'll get into each one of them individually throughout the show, but thanks to all of you guys for sticking with us. And we got some big news coming up. Um... We don't know when we're going to tell you yet. It might be today. It might be next month. But some really big, like the biggest news ever, right? So Great far, anyway. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll get into that at some point. We might leave them hanging, see if they uh, start sending messages. And maybe some gossip shit will start going around. People start guessing. That'd be cool.
1: I know we'll get some messages because I got a bunch on us not being, not putting out an episode last week.
0: You know what? If somebody messaged me, I'm sorry if I didn't reply. I have not been on Instagram or Facebook or anything to see a message. And I've had my notifications turned off for quite a while. So if you did, I'm not ignoring you. So it's good to know we were missed, right? Yeah. Felt nice. So, Darren, what's up, buddy? How are you? Who are you? Where are you at? What you doing?
2: Um in spring texas and i do a little bit of everything i own an auto shop here a little two bay so like ryan i tech most of the week 60 plus hours probably and then uh any free time i get i'm out here in the garage i've set myself a goal to try to make something every day for the last year and uh i've missed two days so far in 2022
1: that's pretty good that's Awesome. Yeah. I wish I could make something in a day.
2: Well, it doesn't have to be, I don't have to finish it in a day. That was the mentality in the beginning. And what can you accomplish really in like an hour or two after work before the kids have to go to bed and you can't be loud. So, um, I think the longest project I've ever had only was like three days, but I know you guys with the knives and stuff that tends to take a bit more.
1: Yeah, I've started doing batches. I've found I, I can get more blades out in the same amount of time if I do them all at once.
2: Just each step, like knock six yeah. of them out and then yeah. Six so of the yeah,
1: exactly. I'll grind out five, and then I'll start doing the next step, and I'll do it on all five, drill out all the holes at the same time. Um, and I, I find my shop stays cleaner that way too because I'm doing each progression of the process at a time. Instead of, like, if I start a knife and then I start another knife two days later and then another knife two days after that, then you've got projects everywhere. You know what I mean? Does that make yeah. any sense? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, if I could show you around, my workshop's disgusting. <laughs> I had to make a bottom tool today. I'm trying to, well, I, I have a pretty big announcement, something I'm doing with uh, Baker Forge and Tool, if now mm-hmm. a good time.
0: Go for you it. Go ahead.
2: Okay. So you've seen the screwdrivers, the twisted copper mascus. I uh, recently got a lathe. I'm going to start making twisted copper mascus round stock for Baker Forge and Tool that he's going to have on his website for like mosaic pins and stuff like that. Um, so it nice. should be available in the next couple of weeks. I've got probably four feet of it done right now. Um I tried doing it with that bronze mascus stuff, too, but it just falls apart every time you twist it.
0: That's badass. So with that copper mascus, what's the other part of it besides the copper?
2: So it's 1084 copper and 15 and 20 in alternating. Gotcha. So there's a piece of copper in between each piece of steel.
0: But with that copper in there, it's definitely not a knife steel, right?
2: No, he only uses it as cladding on his knives. I've made a few, like... Little small keychain knives or whatever, and I haven't had any issues using them as like box openers.
0: But mm-hmm.
2: I put a non heat treated screwdriver to the test the other day, and it definitely wonked over the edges. So, not something I'd want to use on a yeah, on a.
1: Speaking of Baker forging tool, I finally got an order for a knife using their steel. I'm so pumped. What kind of steel uh, are you using? It's the, it's the Shichimai. Oh, the, the rot. Yeah, the wrought iron copper uh, teardrop okay. pattern, raindrop pattern. <clears throat> I'm so nervous. It's the most expensive piece of steel that's ever been in my shop. It was, <laughs> like, fucking 300 bucks for one knife's worth of steel. So, Good Lord. Super, yeah, man, I'm... I like the guy that bought the knife is a good friend of mine. We've been friends since we were kids, <clears throat> and he just bought that CPMS30V little clip point hunter that I did the purple and green with the orange sheath. Oh yeah, 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 and uh, he wants a big brother version of that using the Baker Forge and Tool steel. So
2: yeah, his stuff looks awesome, man. I bought. For like hundred and fifty bucks I bought a little five inch piece for a folder. And I decided for my first folder I was gonna make a uh what do they call that? Lever lock? Frame lock. Yeah. But it's out of the uh so it's bronze mascus cladding, where is the fucking camera? Uh bronze mascus cladding with a copper shim over eighty C R V two.
1: Wow really nice pattern. All right. Our listeners can't see it, but that's, that's They're really it's like moving up there in the in the handmade Damascus like raw material world. Um, yeah, that's all he pretty,
2: wants to do. He he doesn't quickly. really like the finish work that comes with knives, like the the tedium. He just likes to forge. So
1: yeah, they're they're doing a good job marketing themselves their products speak for themselves i mean this bar that i've got in my shop holding it in my hands i mean i'm like oh this is really nice not that i'm an expert but huh
2: yeah his drops sell out like every week
1: Mm -hmm.
2: he ends up every once in a while ending up with like a weird size like a 6 inch by 0.17 billet that he's got left but Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that the same thing happens with some of these. Well, not too much because they take forever to make right now. Um, Oh, I got some okame for you. Ooh. I didn't uh, have a chance to etch it. Uh, You're not going to be able to see shit. That's the raindrop side. And that's the twist side. I'll send you some better pictures here.
1: Oh, that's Uh, awesome. I'm so pumped. uh,
2: it got a little thin, so it's probably three sixteenths. So I don't know how big you need it for bolsters. I was trying to keep it at at least a quarter inch, but I can go back. It, and
1: it is what it, it is.
2: But it'll be it'll be shorter. Right now, it's a little over an inch, probably inch and a quarter wide, by three sixteenths by four.
1: Nice. I'll make something cool out of it. Even if I, like, I could use it as a bolster, but even s- because it's thin, I could put maybe, like, a layer of, like, uh, canvas micarta or something behind it.
2: Yeah, to make it to make it match the wood.
1: Yeah, and then that, that would give me an extra little, like, pop, because I love that shit. Canvas micarta liners and pins, and I'm stupid obsessed with it.
2: Well, it's a good thing you got, like, a lifetime supply of it, so...
1: I'm running down. I actually... I'm probably down to 50% of the original block, which I thought I'd never go through that much.
2: How long Um, ago did you get it?
1: A year ago, year and a half. Wow, so every knife in the last year pretty much has gotten some? No, most of it went to trades. Oh, right on. Trading blocks for blocks so I could get, like, a good variety of stabilized handle material. Because it's not... Common to come across thick, thick vintage micarta like that. So usually I'll just fill a box and trade it for more hand material. But now that I've got all that maple bro cut up.
2: Oh, yeah, that uh those big slabs you had.
1: Yeah, I cut them all up. I probably got close to 300, two and a quarter by inch and a half by six inch long blocks.
2: This is spaghetti oak, kinda like that. Did you see that screwdriver handle I made the other day?
1: Yeah, I love spaghetti oak.
2: So this is okay. from T R H Creations.
1: Um, I love his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I've shouted yeah. him out a few times.
2: I've got a drawer dedicated to him in my box here.
1: Yeah, I've got quite a few of his blocks. T R. H. Creations on Instagram.
2: Yes, T R. H. underscore creations if you guys yeah. want
1: to go check him out. He's, He's awesome. A great dude. I don't know where Jason went. He must have had to go PP. pee, pee. <laughs> um, So yeah. do you specialize in any sort of vehicle? I know a lot of mechanics, like I'm a small engine mechanic, and are, like a lot of shops only work on what they sell. Do you know what I'm saying? Or are you just like, a, if it runs on gas, bring it in?
2: Uh, if it runs on gas or diesel, bring it in. I don't really... Enjoy working on diesels, but the money's usually good. Um, I just you know, probably what I work on the most is Dodge Rams, if I'm being honest.
1: Gen twos,
2: um, even the newer ones, man. The from probably 04 to 18s, I see probably one a week.
1: Yeah, the bubble bodies, I call them. Yeah, because they're they got like the rounded fenders. Yeah, Those don't last long here because of the rust
2: oh, I can imagine
1: Yeah, dodges You see dodges all the time around here Just missing whole panels of the body
2: What kind of yeah. Subaru do you have?
1: Uh, it's a 2011 Outback Wagon Right on Yeah so The back seats pretty much live Folded down and I fill it full of wood And mowers And anything I can stuff in there I beat the shit out of that car
2: Yeah, I've got 240 on my 06 Forester. I've been driving. Okay, so I put a head gasket on it about two months ago, but I've been driving it since October of 21, over a year, basically. So a little before October with a blown head gasket. Um, I'm like five minutes to work.
1: Was it leaking out or in?
2: In. It was missing on cylinder three.
1: Yeah. Mine stalls when I come to a stoplight because I need a torque converter.
2: Oh, yeah. I haven't but, had to replace the tranny in this one yet, surprisingly. Yeah, I've had three others, and every one of them I've had to put a transmission in.
1: It's a job, so I'm just going to let it keep doing it. I mean, it's got 220,000 miles. I've been driving it like that so long now, it's come to the point where I've figured out like the quirks of the car so I can get it to not stall when I'm coming to a stop. Sometimes if it's real bad, because mine has the manual and automatic. So if it's real bad, if I shift it into manual mode, it kind of eases up for some reason and lets me drive further. And then I make it home, and I'm good.
0: <laughs> Is that the car that you were nervous to let your wife drive? You didn't want her to drive it?
1: Yeah, because she's not, you know, like, as a mechanic, I know, like, it's it's not unsafe, But I, I know the quirks of the car to get where I'm going and not worry about it. My wife doesn't. So as soon as like the torque converter seizes, like, I'm not sure how it happens, but that's what the other mechanic at work says. And you like, we come into a stop and it feels like an, in a standard, if you don't hold in the clutch, when you stop, that's what it feels like. And you like herky jerks and then you stall and, uh, if you let off the gas and kind of feather the gas as you stop, it doesn't do it. And my wife would never be able to figure that out. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. And I mean, it is what it is, but I've got her train though. She's getting good. She's getting good. Like her cars, she used to drive them until the wheels fell off. And she's like, I didn't even notice the sound. And then I'd go to take it to the store And I'd be like, how are you driving this thing? It's pulling wicked hard. It's fucking every time you hit a bump, it's like extra thunks. And like, dude, I got in my wife's car a
0: few months ago. Well, about a month ago. And um, she was like, I forgot why I drove it. But she said, while you're in it, see if you hear something. Something sounds funny. Dude, the brakes were so bad that when I changed them the very next morning, it went all the way through the pad and halfway through the metal. Like the metal was worn down. I'd never seen anything like that before in my life. Rotors were chewed all the shit. I was like, Babe, that thing sounded like a freight train that just stomped on the brakes. Like everything's locking. How did you not tell me about this?
1: How can, how did they not hear it?
0: Yeah. I guess if it's gradual, you know, a little bit each day, it just kinda
1: Metal on metal's pretty It was rough. I've funny. had it's really noticeable when you touch the brake and it goes yeah. I'll, like that's I'm like uh I know what you mean though. Yeah, I mean it was bad. I've got I've got her now to the point where like if she hears a sound she'll have me drive her car and I'm like yeah you need a ball joint or whatever. <laughs> they got to take care of it. just keep driving it. I mean I've had some clapped out pieces of shit too. I had a 2008 Chevy Impala with 340,000 miles on it. And my brother has anger issues. We call him Richie Rage Out. Because he, he, like, rages out. <laughs> the outside of the car looked totaled, like he had rolled it over an embankment. But it wasn't an accident. It was him getting mad when the car broke down and, like, kicking and punching all the door panels. Oh, wow. Richie Rage Out. He, mm-hmm. I got in his current car, like, two weeks ago. And all of the buttons on the driver's side door were smashed off. And I was like, what well, happened there? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you know, I bet he would be not very fun to drink with. Yeah, yeah
0: he, he doesn't drink. It's <laughs> probably a, a safe
1: move there. Yeah. But that Impala, uh, randomly, if I was turning a the corner, the steering wheel would lock up. You'd have to f- fucking yank on it to get it to release. Give it a little gas. Damn. I never figured out why. I just kept driving it. <laughs> and then I, I sent it to a demolition derby.
2: Right on.
0: Yep. That'd be so fun, dude. I've always wanted to do that.
1: We called it the Murder Paula. Ryan and his nicknames. Yeah. I uh, I've never seen a Chevy go that many miles, but it did.
2: Yeah, my business partner's got one either an 08 or an 09 he just put a transmission in it about three months ago i think but he had a similar issue he had like some crazy holes whenever he would turn like almost to the lock it would act weird and it was like bushings on the rack the whole rack was sliding
1: oh maybe that's the issue i had so
2: if it's sliding inward and you're already at the end of the travel, maybe that's why it feels like it's locked up, and when you're moving it back, it's just sliding it in those bushings. It's got those stupid ones that go all the way around the rack. It means they go through the rack.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a death trap.
2: You'd be surprised yeah. how many cars are designed like that. <laughs> so what are you working on?
1: I'm doing some sheaths, and then I got some nice to sharpen, and then I got to keep going on a batch of four matching EDCs, another different style EDC, and then two bowies, one in stag and one in burl with wrought iron. Did you get get an order for another one? one? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then my pizza cutters. So, I decided you I'm gonna.
2: You're making them out of stainless or what?
1: Yeah, all stainless with vintage micarta handles, so you can dishwash them. What are you gonna I've do for pins? You gonna do like Corby bolts? Uh, I was gonna use micarta
0: pins. You're not worried about the heat in the dishwasher and the epoxy with
1: without a mechanical nope. fastener? Nope. <laughs> I've got a knife in the house with some of that micarta that I've got that I've run through the dishwasher. No fasteners, just epoxy probably 35, 40 times now. Oh damn. It's one of, it's one of our regular use knives. And I told the wife, don't treat it special. Throw it, throw it in the sink, let it sit in the dirty ass dishwater, throw it, run it through the dishwasher, see what happens. The only thing that's happened on the material is the color of the micarta has darkened and that's it.
2: That could just be from use, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to make, I got the first prototype pizza cutter. I got the blade cut out and ready to heat treat. And then uh, I'm working on, like, the handle piece where it's going to connect to the blade. Um, And that first one will be my prototype because I eat a lot of pizza. So I'm going to keep that one, use it in the house, run it through the dishwasher, see how it see how it performs before I make more to actually like sell throwing on the website.
0: Well, that'd be cool. Is I that mean, a collaboration deal or is that just something you're doing?
1: That's just me. Uh, okay. Well, hell was, yeah. I was, uh, uh, Brian house and I were going to do a collaboration on some pizza cutters, but he's a busy man. Oh, for sure. Super busy yeah. now. Yeah.
0: Damn. It
2: yeah. wasn't that bad. It ripped the doors open, Um, but I don't think he got a whole lot of water inside or any major damage. It was just not having power and not having internet that kind of threw his business off. Yeah, Yeah. it
0: it was crazy. The day it went through, I kept checking Facebook and clicking on his name to see if he had updated anything. Because I knew he was right there, like right where it was going to hit. I was like, man, hope he's all right. Yeah,
1: he made it through.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it never did even rain here, and we were forecasted to get like the dirty side of it's what they kept calling it, and we never even got a single drop of rain. No clouds, got a little bit windy, but nothing to even knock down any significant tree limbs.
1: Hmm. So we rarely get direct hits from hurricanes up here. They'll kind of go up the east coast, hmm. and then usually before they hit Maine, they'll go out to sea. So we'll have like an afternoon of heavy winds. That's about it most of the time.
2: It has been beautiful here. It's like 60-something this morning. I think the high for today is 85 for Houston. That's awesome weather.
0: What part of Texas are you in?
2: Uh, Spring, Texas, right outside of Houston. Okay, gotcha. It's on the north side of Houston, actually. Like Probably... A couple blocks that way is considered Houston. <laughs> this side is spring.
1: Nice. Nice. Texas, it's the land of the free. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: Not free enough, man, or my backyard would look like yours.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. They're getting big. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. He's talking about my. my recreational marijuana plants I have in my backyard. Yeah I figured that
0: out after you said they're getting big so yeah those last time I got an update picture they were pretty freaking impressive and I don't even partake in that activity. I don't have anything in the whole entire world against it it's just not for me
1: but it's pretty impressive. because I've got three of them they've all been treated exactly the same pretty much since you know I planted them same nutrients at the same time, exposed to the same weather, and all three of them are different sizes with different levels of flower.
0: That's so weird. I, I wonder if it's I've got, got one, something to do with like sunlight. Maybe they're at different angles outside or something.
1: No, nah, it's probably more to do with the strains, like the species. Oh, are they different? Yeah, different. Different weed strains have different characteristics, and. Like, one of them's nine feet tall. Holy cow. Like, I I can't even reach the top of it with my hand. But then one of them's only, like, five and a half feet tall. It comes up to, like, my chin. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Growing weed's stressful. (laughs) Shout out to Timber Tiger for some great advice that he gave me. Does he grow it, too? Yeah, he's in Oregon, How
0: does that not surprise me? Freaking
1: (laughs) Timber (laughs) Tiger. Yeah, I mean, the West Coast, that's, like, it's been legal out there for quite a long time. I was in California 15 years ago, and it was legal then. But don't you have to get, like, a medical card for night blindness or some weird shit? Back then, yeah, you used to. If it's a state that's, so there's medical and recreational. So if you live in a medical state, you have to have a license. If you live in a recreational state, you can buy it in stores, you know, recreational marijuana stores, Um, and you don't need a license. And then every law is different state by state. So, like, in Maine, where I am, every adult over the age of 21 can have, I think it's three plants per adult in the household. So, technically, in my house, we could have six. Um, That's too much weed. I don't need that much. (laughs) All right, so how much weed will you get per plant? Like, once it's It's all... it depends on the plant because, like, the shortest one I have has the most on it right now. So, like, some plants, the buds are denser than on other plants. Um, but you could range, like, a you could get half a pound to three pounds off one plant. Or you could get an ounce if you grew it really, really crappily. Um, crappily. This year, I'll probably get. I'm guessing right now, based on what I've got, probably two pounds between all three. And how long would that uh, last you? All year. Wow. It don't go bad? Because I don't sell it. It's for me.
0: But, I mean, it don't go, like, stale or nothing over time?
1: Well, you got to keep it in airtight jars and, like, out of sunlight and stuff like that. Like, uh, we've got some left from last year that I'm not going to smoke. Because I left it, you know, in the sun, or it's too dry now, or you know what I mean. Yeah. Like they sell, they sell like little, uh, like them little packets that you get in your dog treats or whatever that keep it hydrated. Yeah, they they sell those specifically for weed. You can throw in there like this old timer tricks, like taking orange peel and throwing the orange peel in the bag for a day, and then taking it out because the weed will soak up the moisture and it kind of like reconstitutes it. Yeah, it's not very. It's not black and white, especially if you're trying to store a large amount. You know what I mean.
2: Yeah, you got to worry about mold and stuff. It's got to be burped regularly.
1: Yep, for sure. It's not like having an eighth in your pocket that'll be gone in a day. You know what I mean?
2: (laughs) Yeah. We don't. I think that that would be, uh, it would get old, right? I mean, I guess you got three different kinds, so.
1: Maybe. Yeah, that's what, and that's why I do three different kinds, because you want to mix it up. But, I mean, it gets, because like different weeds, I, this is like the horticulture episode, but like different <laughs> weeds have different characteristics, so like some will, like, create that lazy stoner stereotype where you're fucking just, they call it couch lock, where you can't get off the goddamn couch, and then. Some weed will make you hyper or more productive. Things like that. They taste different. Yeah.
2: It's just like wine bars and cigar bars and anything else. have those now in states where it's legal.
1: Yeah. Flavored oxygen bars. People go and breathe flavored oxygen. We've got a Uh, few of those around here. I've never
0: been to one or I don't know anyone personally that has, but... I don't get it. Like there's air
1: everywhere. Yeah, I don't I don't get it either. I've never been to one, but I mean there's gotta be some appeal to it. I know pure oxygen gets you high, it makes it like a euphoria, but I don't know. Flavored oxygen.
2: That's like those we have a store that just opened up by my shop that's like alkaline water <laughs> and it's like ridiculously expensive. Like, oh, yeah, this is from this spring in France, and
1: It's, it's got fucking gross. Have you ever drank alkaline and water?
2: Uh, my wife buys some nine-point-something alkaline water that's not terrible, but I like spring water, man.
1: Yeah, alkaline water tastes like it's got pennies in it. Hmm. That's gross. Uh,
2: the H E B brand. I don't know if y'all have HEV. Uh, I do not. I think that's more Texas thing.
1: Yeah, I just got Kroger watch. brand.
2: San Antonio and Austin.
1: I've heard of H E B only because I watch Kill Tony, the stand-up comedy podcast. Never, Never heard of that. Heard and they're they're sponsored by H E B. So every episode, they're like, "And our sponsor is H E B, where you can you know buy steak and corn <laughs> on the cob and shit."
2: Dude, their meat department is better than any other grocery store down here. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, as far as, like, the quality of the meat, they're a little bit more expensive than some of the others, like Kroger's, and I don't even know what the other brands are down here. But um, that's if, if I'm going to grill steaks or anything like that, that's where I go. Uh, there's no butchers close to me out here. There's one up in the woodlands, which is 20 minutes north of me, but that's 20 minutes away.
1: Yeah. I like IGA around here for our for meat. Uh we have like a Hannaford and Walmart obviously. I'm not going to eat Walmart meat. I'm all set. I don't, you know. <laughs> I don't know where it comes from. Walmart, they're shady enough as it is. I mean, the probably shit's probably not even cow. I'd do my best to stay out of Walmart at all costs altogether. Me too. Going to Walmart really make you lose faith in the human race. Real quick.
2: Especially at 2 a.m.?
1: Yeah, or (laughs) around the first and third of the month. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Why don't we uh, do a little shout-out to Phoenix Abrasives? Your
0: one-stop shop for all your abrasive needs. Find them online at phoenixabrasives.com and use that promo code HUSTLE10. Get 10% off your whole order. And they're going to hook you up with what's pretty much free
1: shipping. Pretty close to it. Unless you order a lot, and then it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, 10%, 10% that adds up quick. Yeah,
0: for sure. I mean, that's $20. Yeah. get $200 worth of belts, and that's not
1: unusual to get that many belts, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you buy one $12 belt, that's a twenty off just that one belt. Yeah. Times that by... However, many other belts you buy, That's dude. I've got
2: my thirty. I'm going through them like they're going out of style. <laughs> I looked been, on their site the other day, but I don't. Do they just have like an online catalog that you have to go to? Because it's not like Red Label or Combat or anybody else where you can go and kind of browse through from the site. I didn't see a place to do that anyway.
1: The navigation is a little different than some other sites. Um, I just go on and search in the search bar for what I want and then it pops up. So if I'm on there looking for red Ferrari 36 grit, I'll just type in red Ferrari, and they pop up. Or, you know, buffing compound. Or if you're only looking, just type in 2x72, and then the whole list of 2x72 belts will come up.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm still on a (laughs) 1x30.
0: Well, whenever you decide to make the jump, Beck's Armory can hook you up. He's got a badass grinder. His kit's so easy to assemble. Yeah, I want one. Like, I really don't need it because I can't even remember the last time I needed a fresh belt. You know what I mean? Like, that's how little I've been able to make it to my shop recently. But, damn, I want one anyway.
2: (laughs) So, what are you doing now since you're not in the shop, Jason?
0: Trying to build a brand new business, and it's hard. So, I don't have any time to do anything like outside of focusing on business.
2: What, mean, what is your new business?
0: Uh, we started out calling it a tractor company. So we bought a brand new tractor and a whole bunch of implements, pretty much every implement that you could pull behind a tractor and big ass trailers and dump trailers and giant truck and just a whole bunch of shit. But we're noticing real quick, a lot of times when we're doing these jobs, the tractor is like the least used piece of equipment. You know, we're on like a skid steer, an excavator, something like that, way more than the actual tractor. So now we're leaning towards land management is how we're going to try to describe it. Um, And it's fun. It's a shit ton of fun when we're working. But, you know, when we're not working, we got to be trying to find the jobs. And that's when it gets tricky. So just trying to trying to drum up work. I'm constantly trying to set up meetings with anybody I can think of that might need some of our services and sending out emails and any, do you
2: to try to get in with like Dr. horton or one of the builders
0: yeah, we're talking to some builders um some real estate companies. I got an appointment with a a mobile home place that sells like double wides, but they do the land home packages. And uh, we're trying to be the person that will go in ahead of them and kind of clear the the home site, cut in a road, do the driveways, that sort of thing. But the thing with those companies is trying to get to doing that kind of work. They've already got somebody, you know what I mean? So we either got to undercut someone's prices, which we really don't want to have to do, or we got to just get in the rotation. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, getting good with them. Right. Yeah. Here, a lot of the guys that do groundwork have to split it seasonally with plowing. Mm-hmm. So they'll do like. Uh, like some guys will just do like residential things where like, you know, Nana will call him and he'll plow her driveway for 30 bucks or whatever. A lot of the big commercial guys try and get into contract jobs with like McDonald's, Burger King, Walmart, places like that because. Contractual jobs they get paid whether it snows or not. Right. And it doesn't always snow here. Like the last three winters haven't been shit. Oh, you're talking about snow plow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You can only do groundwork here for
0: like three or four months out of the year. Yeah, see, when I hear the word plow, I'm thinking deer plots. You know what I mean? Like
1: turning the dirt. (laughs) Well, they do that too. Yeah. Yeah, um, Because here, they'll plant what is that stuff? It's gross, Uh, it's edible. Soybeans, uh, clover, alfalfa? Uh, turnips. Oh yeah. They'll plant turnips because the deer will come around and dig them up and eat them in the winter time. Hmm. So like my neighbor that dug out my backyard, that's what he does. He does he does groundwork like what you're doing in the summertime, but then in the wintertime he does heating and uh snowplow. Yeah. There would be no Request for snow
0: plowing jobs in South Georgia? No, nope. <laughs> none. So, uh, Darren, are you are you just like twisting the epidewy right now? What's going on here?
2: No, of course not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a show!
2: Yeah, I'm actually. I'm working on a couple of mocha made bracelets today. I think that that's going to be my uh, my Christmas item this year. The one that I push. I have sold ten bracelets in the last two weeks off of wow. one Instagram post.
1: Well, not hey, a lot yeah. of guys are making. Is it mokume or mokume?
2: Um, I don't know if you look it up. Like, it's a Japanese technique, so they they would say it mokume with the you know the emphasis on the
1: yeah. Um, not a lot of guys are making it, and it's really cool stuff. Like I like. It's one of those things that I wish I saw more of on on my Instagram. You know what I mean? Because, like, we all see Damascus every day. Like, I'm not ever phased by a Damascus blade I see anymore. You know what I mean? We've all seen it's all gray, black, silver-toned, you know, raindrop pattern, ladder pattern, random pattern, all that stuff. You hardly ever see Makume. That's why I think Baker Forge and Tool is so popular, because he's mixing in all these different like contrasting metals to make something new. That yeah, you know.
2: That Mokumai stuff that he's got, that's I would like to try some of it, but my only beef with his stuff is that you can't really forge most of it. Um I didn't know that when I first started buying stuff from him, and that's like how this came about. Um Abstract blacksmith and forge side chat were doing yep. this blacksmithing competition where he was like, Hey, man, you know, we're everybody sees Damascus all the time. It's knives, 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 blades, blades, blades. Like, let's do something different with it. So be artsy about it. And I was like, You know, what do I have here? What would be different than your standard Damascus? And so I was, I started trying to twist up some of these things that I bought from Koi because when I get them, they're like, 3 by three-eighths, and there's like a weld seam all the way down the side from where they welded to keep the copper in. Mm-hmm. So, I'm taking these and then grinding all the uh, D-Lams and welding stuff off and then twisting them, and then uh, forging them down into round stock so I can machine them.
1: Yep. Yeah. I'm not forging my blades uh, stock removal. I am getting my forge set up because I want to make my own Damascus, but it's just, I've never had the desire to hammer out a blade. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I hate like imperfections. So like, <laughs> br- like brute to forge. I know people love brute to forge. I'm not knocking brute to forge, but for my style, that is, yeah. Yeah. That to me and my style doesn't translate over. Um, Maybe it will someday, you know, who
0: knows? I've done it a little bit, but I'm also not a huge fan of it. It's I think it's the, it takes too damn long. You know what I mean? I can take a piece of flat bar and a grinder and I can have my shape in 60 seconds a lot of times, but you know, why would I want to stand in front of 2000 degree forge and, like sweat to death and swing a heavy ass hammer. I don't know. It's just
2: well, when you're rocking a one x thirty, <laughs> I, I did a three eighths leaf spring knife about a fifty one sixty, and you know I didn't forge the bevels. It was all stock removal. Yeah, and uh, it that that took me almost three days to to grind out a knife, and that was like you know a Saturday, a Sunday, and then a day with a couple hours after work. But still, yeah. Uh, I've made a couple since then and definitely forged the shape in, forged some bevels in, ground in some little divots and whatnot, and then just stuck it in the forge so that scale would stick there. And uh, I like the finish in the texture, but the rest of it has got to be clean. Like, you got to clean it up, clean the steel up, make it shiny.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could see, like, forging and leaving the forge marks so that it's obvious that it was forged, but I don't understand I guess the point of forging something and then grinding it to the point it looks like a stock removal knife anyways. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've done some this, bl- but you can tell. I've done some blades that were
0: 100% stock removal and then right at the end I throw it in a forge and beat the shit out of it with a ball-peen hammer just to give it the forged effect, you know? But you know when I'm done with it I say what it is you know it has a hammered textured finish
1: it's not forged yeah but. that's cheating you can't say that's forged right <laughs> yeah
2: hey if you put it in a forge and you got it up to heat and you hit it with a hammer that's I forging technically You're just not forging it very much
1: yeah that's, that's very true yeah, yeah that's true you should be a lawyer <laughs>
2: <laughs> I probably should have been I would have made more money.
1: You want to do know,
2: the man, uh, thing is new to me. Um, I've only been doing this for like two years now since COVID basically. Um, it shut everything down and I've never, I've always played music. I've always had a guitar and been in bands and stuff like that. And so that was always my creative outlet. Cause you don't get a lot of that when you're working on cars um, and then having <laughs> kids and getting married and moving back to Houston and all of that just kind of killed that i played guitar every day for seven years and i probably haven't picked one up in six months now but oh wow this has become my creative outlet being able to make stuff and it just i don't know it gives me uh a different kind of satisfaction i don't really know what to call it
1: but we all know what you mean yep that's (laughs) true we really do so uh what are we going to do to get you a two by seventy two how far away is that for you?
2: I mean, I just bought this lathe, so obviously it's it's all about need, right? Like, whenever I need something, I scramble to come up with the money to be able to afford it. Mm-hmm. Looking around, I have thousands of dollars worth of tools here. I mean, there's a Craftsman 1950-something bandsaw, wood bandsaw that's just sitting here that I don't use. Uh mag drill that i needed for something that's a dewalt that was like a thousand bucks it's just sitting there um so really i just need to sell some stuff i guess and then uh, (laughs) i've been kind of torn i was looking at the bex armory kit and then i've been looking at the housemaid kit and uh because i there's no way i'm gonna buy a grinder outright that's complete you know right Uh, i want something that i'll weld up myself and because it'll be a project in itself. Then I get to do something cool and make something cool and uh, spend a little bit of money on something shiny at the same time.
1: Yeah, I run both of those. I have both a housemate kit and a Bex Armory kit. Um, as fu- Performance-wise, they're total equals. Um, the tooling arms for each one are compatible with each one. So if you already had a Revolution and then you wanted a BA shredder like me, the attachments that you've already made for your revolution will fit the BA shredder. Um, the BA shredder kit is definitely less work to assemble. Um, but if, if you've got a good welder and you can weld, then either one is. Um, but I will say that I'll, I'll give a benefit of each over the other to keep it fair. And I hope this doesn't piss off Richard Beck. We love you, Richard. You're the man. <laughs> the I like the housemade made work rest better because of how I grind. It has cutouts that fit around the platen, whereas the uh, Beck's Armory one is flat all the way across. And, but uh, a bigger thing that I like about the BA Shredder is the tracking system. Which I think is way more important than a work rest. You can cut a notch out of a work rest. His tracking system is it's next level. Every grinder should have one. It's I mean it's two knobs and you just if you wanna change the axis this way, which is on the horizontal plane for people listening, you know, you turn the knob on the front. If you wanna change it up and down on the vertical, you turn the knob on the side. Easy peasy.
0: yeah he's a smart guy, yeah for sure yeah, <laughs> finite element analysis yeah that that word's gonna be in my head the rest of my life thanks Richard.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll probably never remember what it means after a few months, but i'll I'll know that it'll pop up on Jeopardy in like twenty years, and I'm like, oh, that's finite element analysis, duh,
2: yeah. <laughs> So, on the Beck's Armory kit, is it tab and slot? Like, how do the pieces fit together?
1: Yeah, it's tab and slot, and you weld it. Yeah. The cool thing about Richard Beck's, too, is um, you can buy a pedestal at the same time. So, like, I've got my BA Shredder on the pedestal kit that he offers, and it's awesome. I mean, you can raise it, lower it. I can wheel it around the shop. It's totally stable when the wheels are locked, like...
2: Oh, is that the one where you pour like the concrete in the base? I saw yeah. when he was coming up with that kit that. And he made it all so that it flat packs, right?
1: Yeah, we got it in one box. My, my mail lady was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. It, it was 74 pounds. They made me come pick it up at the post office.
2: Interesting.
1: Yeah. How much concrete did it take to fill the bottom? One bag. One bag. Yeah, I use a 50 pound bag, but it'll fit an 80 pound bag. I just used the 50 because that's what I already had. So I just mixed it up. Yeah, Yeah, I mixed it up in a bucket, dumped it in. Um, I mixed mine a little too wet, so I had a little water drip out the bottom, but no big deal. Doesn't matter. No. No, it's slick. It's really nice. That pedestal was a great idea. Definitely. Yeah, he's full of those. So everybody go check out BecksArmory.com for all your grinder-type machine needs. Yeah, and we got a promo code with him too, right? Isn't it just? Hustle 10. Same. He wanted to keep it the same so people okay, gotcha. didn't get confused. Gotcha. Hustle 10. Yeah. Hustle 10. That'll get you 10 bucks off your order. And it helps him keep track of sales that he receives from the podcast too, so right. make, sh- make sure you use that. Yeah. And then we've got
0: the Patreon Spotlight. This is presented by Lawrence Lake over at Maritime Knife Supply. We're going to read through each one of them and then we're going to pick one and give them a spotlight. I think last week was some dude named Darren, right?
1: Wasn't that the last one we did? Yeah. Yeah. Not last week because we weren't here, but the week before. Yeah. Yeah. Last show. Yeah. So, all
0: right. We got Donnie Dulevich Knifematerial.at Aru Blade Works, our short, fat friend, Brigham Kendell, Mark LeBlanc, Mark Vanderwerf, BexArmory.com, Todd Harrington, Dennis Tyrell, Trox Custom Cutlery, Lawrence himself at Maritime Dustin Driver at Driver Defense Knives, Noah Bloomberg at Enteiot River Forge, Crafty Man Forge, Brian Hengenkamp at Tortuga Blade Works, Jared at Echo Blades, Eric Andrews at Sourwood Creations, Brimner Built Knives, Snake Branch Knife Works, Darren at Stormlight Forge, and Crazy Man Chris Magnus over at Timber Tiger Forge. So we'll do a random number. Thirteen. One, two, three, four. Damn it. Of course I don't have them written down yet. Y'all knew that already. (laughs) I probably never will.
2: So, go check your messages.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. I hit the wrong button. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Do, do, do. Yeah, that's me. My bad, guys. <laughs> How do I get back to the list of people? I lost the whole list. Bro. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm that bad.
2: Right. You can just edit
0: this out and post, right? Nope. No, there's no edit. It's, <laughs> no. It's just this bad. Uh membership maybe? Nope. Fuck. You just had it, bro. I'm retarded. Home. Okay. Patreon. Yeah, I just had it. And I can't find it. Insights, maybe? Got them. Okay. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 10, 11, 12, 13. We got Noah. Noah Bloomberg. Everybody knows Noah. Of course. And who knows? You might know Noah even better one day.
2: And what's his hand? Oh, Intiat underscore river underscore forge. Yeah,
0: idiot, I think. He's kind of he's coming out with his own style.
2: I've been following
0: Facebook. Noah for a long-ass time, and he's like come a long-ass ways. But especially in his handles, he's starting to kind of get that Noah style. You know what I mean? I can spot a knife now, and even if I don't see his logo on it, I can tell, like, oh, that's one of Noah's blades for sure.
2: Oh, with that little swell at the bottom? That looks good.
0: Yeah, that, and he's got like the... Almost the the inverted groove right at the front of the handle where the thumb would go.
2: hmm
0: You know what I mean? Like, it's just... It's different. But he's fucking killing
1: it, as always. His his progression over the last year has probably been more night and day oh, dude. Than, than any other maker I know. If Noah keeps up progressing at the pace he's at in the next three or four years... He's gonna be unfucking stoppable. Yeah, for sure. We love you, Noah. Oh yeah, he and knows that.
0: That, <laughs> and that mustache. Yeah, Noah's a fucking awesome ass dude. Best intro to date on the yeah, slam podcast.
2: Dude, that had me rolling.
0: That was awesome. He surprised us with that. We had no idea that was coming. Yeah, that like, was out of the
1: blue. We right like, before uh, we hit record, he's right, like, "Can I do the, the intro?" Probably. Hell yeah.
2: I think I talked to him, and he, he said, I was thinking about it the night before and trying to figure out what I wanted to say. And
0: Yeah, he killed it.
2: with Ryan Coakley it. at Ryan Chadbourne Knifeworks. Explain that to me.
1: Uh, my full name is Ryan Chadbourne Coakley. Gotcha. And the craftsman maker side of me comes from the Chadbourne side, not the Coakley side. Um, and so and it's kind of like an homage to my mother because my mom raised me my dad was never in the picture and I'm named Coakley so I never had her name you know what I mean like yeah it's my middle name but nobody knew that growing up Um, so it kind of made her feel nice too that I named it after the Chadbourne side and not the Coakley side
0: yep Noah you're a beast
2: he's he, a mechanic too right
0: yeah he is
2: we talked he is. About something he was working on,
1: Chevy's. He worked, I think he works at a GM place. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, maybe. I think I was having a transmission issue. Or I remember getting some advice from him at one point.
0: Yeah, so everybody go check out Noah, obviously, and go check out uh Lawrence too over at Maritime Knife Supply. He's got everything you need doesn't matter what you need he's got it he's got steel handle materials tools and equipment i mean every last bit of it he's got it
2: And it ships it. super fast
1: yeah and he is now carrying baker Forge and tool damascus that's where i got my billet from
2: interesting oh because he's close to you
1: yeah geographically he's close so like even though he's in Canada and I'm in the U.S., if I order from Lawrence on a Saturday and he's still like, he can still pack it up and send it out, I'll have it by Tuesday. Um, yeah, and he's carrying he, Kydex.
0: Kydex materials now, too. Yeah, I just got some off him. So,
1: yeah. Lawrence is the man. And I'm- Lawrence, you demand, man. And, no, Bloomberg, you also demand. man. The man. All of these mans is. Yep. I don't have any Echo Blade stickers. I just saw one of his pictures of his stickers.
0: Uh I believe I yeah, I got some. I got some from Jared up in Atlanta, Blade Show. Jared's crushing it. Yeah. Killing it. You the man. Right, I gotta put my damn phone down. I getting lost in Noah Bloomberg's
1: damn wall of blades. fucking social media making us dumb yeah yep.
0: so uh, Darren we appreciate you coming on here with us man it's been fun what's your last name I don't even know what your fucking last name is alrighty (laughs) he's frozen and we got no audio he's trying well Darren it was good to have you it's been a ton of fun we got nothing at least we made it this far (laughs) yeah
1: we made it this far that's
0: good well thanks for coming on with us and uh Ryan I hope you have a great week sir you too Darren I hope your week goes well if you can hear me everybody listening I hope you have awesome weeks and we will see you again this time next week till then keep on hustling and keep on grinding
1: bye that was a good one yeah